0: This is the Wealthability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes.
1: Welcome to the Wealthability Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of Wealthability. So, what if the least sexy real estate turned out to have the sexiest cash flow? Today, you're going to discover how to turn <laughs> what we think of as ugly mobile home parks into absolutely the sexiest part of your real estate portfolio. And I have an amazing guest with me that is an absolute expert in mobile home parks. Uh, I've had clients over the years that have invested in mobile home parks. Uh, I, I've got to say, not someplace I aspire to live in. At the same time, it's not about how it looks, it's not about where you want to live, and we always have to remember that the investment is about the return. And the primary challenge that we have right now is is that a lot of real estate does not have real good cash flow. I mean, the the cap rates are really low in multifamily, so they're getting getting tougher to find good investments in multifamily, and so where do we get good cash flow? And now... We have this amazing opportunity, I think. My, a, a good friend of mine reminded me that our guest is an expert. We'd actually uh, had some connections over the years, and uh, she reminded me, she, you really should have them on your show. So I'm very excited to be discussing really the amazing both cash flow and tax benefits of mobile home parks with uh, an absolute expert on it, Kevin Bupp. Kevin, welcome to the WealthAbility Show.
0: Tom, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
1: So, Kevin, give um, everybody just a little 30 minute, 30, sorry, not 30 minute, 30 second, or <laughs> <laughs> 30 second background, you know, where you came from, and, and, and then we'll get in, start talking about mobile homes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it very brief. I've been a full time investor for 19 years. Uh, basically, it's the only thing I've really done in my adult life. I've never had a real job. I'd like to, like to kind of brag about that. Just shy of seven years ago, I uh, was introduced. To the mobile home park space, which is something, just like a lot of others, I'd never really considered, Tom. I'd never really given it any thought whatsoever, and I met an individual that owned uh, a number of communities here in Florida, had lunch with him, and left that lunch with a new mission, a new mission uh, to go purchase a community and either prove or disprove um, all these great things that uh, his name was Randy, that Randy had told me during that lunch. And so here we are almost seven years later. It's what we've uh, entirely focused our business on, at least up to this date. And uh we like to consider ourselves to be the you know mobile home park experts and uh and uh we're in the you know, we call it the parking lot space, right? Like we we basically rent parking lots to folks that have a mobile home that want to live in our communities and uh very rarely do they ever leave. Once they park that home there, uh they very rarely ever leave. And so that's what it is we
1: do. So so what I mean you said a little bit of it, but what is it you particularly like about mobile home parks i mean most people look at mobile home yeah. parks and they go man these are ugly do i really want to own that and it's it, they're run down <laughs> and yeah you know this well, is like a, not the best part of town so why, why you know why the, the why have you gotten so into mobile homes
0: yeah the good thing is that i'll defend them a little bit i mean just like mobile uh just like apartment complexes or even single family i mean there's kind of uh, two different ends of the spectrum there's like really low end it's not a good place and you got the other end of the spectrum in the in the mobile home park space, which are very nice high end communities. And that, that might be somewhat of an oxymoron, but uh, there's some very nice communities that um, I wouldn't be embarrassed to have my parents live in. You know, that have very nice, expensive uh, mobile homes. You know, hundred, hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollar mobile homes in them. And then there's kind of everything in the middle, right? In the middle means we're serving that. Uh, you know, the, the the work working force um uh, folks that, that just literally they want to provide the best for their kids they want to be in the good school districts they want to be near amenities shopping restaurants things like that um but they need an affordable roof over their head and that, that's typically who we serve and so the attractive part there's many different aspects that have attracted us to the space number one is it's the only asset class that has a diminishing supply um you know there's a negative stigma with mobile home parks just like you kind of alluded to in the beginning there Um, They're not all bad. In fact, there's a lot that are really, really good. But however, municipalities, they think they're all bad. And so um, you know, trying to get a new one permitted to get built is is a massive uphill battle. And there's only been a a very limited number of new parks built in the U.S. in the last 10 years. The number's under 100 of them, right? There's many more that have been actually torn down, demolished, or redeveloped um, than there have been brought online. So it's got this diminishing supply, which creates a very unique barrier to entry. Another thing that we like is that you know, typically, comparing apples to apples, uh, the returns are typically higher uh, in a mobile home park than that of a, an apartment complex or traditional multi. Um, uh, another big key factor is the, the turnover. You know, we're, uh, you know, we're essentially leasing lots to folks that own the home. They can't just get up and pack their things up overnight and leave uh, an apartment. You could throw your mattress on the roof and have a trash bag full of clothes and that person could be out in the middle of the night. We don't really experience that in the mobile home park space. And then lastly, uh, again, there's many more, but one other big one is, um, you know, the, uh, the maintenance side of it. You know, they own their own homes. And so if their AC goes out or their roof leaks or their plumbing gets backed up, they're calling the plumber. They're calling the HVAC tech. They're not calling us. Um, whereas in an apartment complex, they'd be calling the manager. You to come fix those items. So We're so, only responsible for the common areas and the infrastructure leading up to the house.
1: So let me ask you a question about that. So they own their own homes. and mm-hmm. What happens if they don't pay the rent? Do they do you make them move the home or do you have a lien against the home? Do you take it over?
0: Yeah. That that that's a that's a great question. So We've uh, been in the space almost seven years now. We own uh, uh, just at about 2,000 lots in a number of different states. And uh, we've only ever had one eviction where that individual is actually – where they've owned the home and they've been renting a lot for us. We've only had one real eviction. And we're very black and white in our no-pay, no-state policy. And here's the reason why, Tom. That asset that they own is probably the most valuable asset they have to their name, that mobile home. It's more valuable probably than their car and any other personal possessions they might have. And what you'll find is in any given city where we own communities or where there's communities throughout the U S there is no cheaper place that that person can live with their entire family for $350 a month. Like literally there's not another option for them. And So what you'll find is people will do everything in their power. They'll figure out how to come up with that $350. So we've only ever had one eviction where someone literally lost their home because they didn't make that lot run. So that's what would happen. Essentially what would happen is we would uh, evict them from the lot it would be their responsibility to move the home. If they didn't have the money to pay the lot rent, they're not going to have the money to move the home, which is typically about $5,000 to do. Um, and then it becomes an abandoned title process. Uh, it works differently in every different state. Normally it's anywhere between um, you know, one to three months to where we can claim a new title issued in our name, and then we'll turn around and remodel the home and, and then sell it to somebody else. So that's normally what would happen. Um, again, the one instance where we actually had an eviction, Tom, it was, uh, it was an anomaly. Uh, the guy lived there for eight years, owned his home free and clear. Um, he just went missing one day. We literally searched for months. Oh, wow. uh, we called jails, hospitals, uh, tried to you know, skip trace him. never found him, never reappeared. We waited like four months, and we finally just had to go through the eviction process because we didn't have an answer. So that was an anomaly. It wasn't that he just chose not to pay his rent. I don't know what happened to the guy. He just disappeared. So um, it very rarely ever happened. So we got a lot of leverage there because they're going to lose – the most prized possession that they own, uh, all over maybe $350. Wow.
1: So, uh, from a cash flow standpoint, talk a little bit about the cash flow of mobile homes and how that compares to, say, cash flow in a not a single family, but like a multifamily.
0: Yeah. And, and again, it, it's hard, it's really hard to do an apples to apples comparison. A lot of it has to do with how you buy on the front end. Um, I will say, I want to get some clarity here. There's a lot more competition in our space than what there was maybe four years ago. Lots of large private equity players are getting into our space and they've got cheaper cost of capital. They can pay a little more aggressive prices. So what used to be a secret, you know, a secret industry, uh, mobile home parks, you know, not a lot of people knew about or talked about it now is in the limelight. Everyone knows about it. Um, People are talking about it and and the big players are truly in this space. And so with that being said, what we've typically seen uh, historically, is uh, uh, somewhere between like uh, a point and a half to two point yield premium. Um, if you took like the same size mobile home park in the same market as the same grade, you know, if it was a B class mobile home park, took a B class apartment complex, same size in the same marketplace, you would expect somewhere between a one point five to two point um, yield premium owning the mobile home park than you might in the apartment complex. Now, there's other factors involved so, there. So, you know, the so, so if the apartment complex,
1: and- so if the apartment complex were you know, giving you seven percent, you would expect eight to nine percent. That's that's correct. So cash flow is a little bit cash flow is better. But what I like is in a in a in an apartment building, what's really going on is that you are, you own the you own the actual building, so you have maintenance, you have uh, property management, you mm-hmm. have all that kind of stuff. But a mobile home park, it's really a land lease, right?
0: That's correct. Yeah, I mean, we're renting the lots, and I will, I will offer one caveat here. Um, there are instances uh, where we end up owning the trailers. Uh, it could be one of many things. Uh, it, it's not really the business model we like to follow. However, um, we're not in a perfect world, and uh, unfortunately, we end up with trailers. Someone might pass away. Um, someone might need to relocate. They can't sell fast enough. We don't want that mobile home to leave the park, so we'll buy it, and then we'll turn around and resell it to somebody else. So we do own I think a, a few hundred mobile homes within our portfolio. Uh, however, we're always selling them off. Um, and so it's kind of like a never-ending number. We never get to a net zero. Um, so we do own homes, just not that many. That's not the primary business model. The primary business model is to literally own the lot, own the dirt, and lease it to the folks that actually want to sit their home there.
1: That's, it's a it's a beautiful thing. So here's the other thing. There There are some things, though, that – that you own in the mobile home park besides the actual dirt, right? You own the, the I mean, there's electrical, there's presumably water, mm-hmm. there's uh, presumably sewage. I mean, there's other things besides the actual home, right, that you have to maintain and that you do have that, to take care of.
0: That's correct. Yeah, I mean, typically in, in most uh, situations, we own all the infrastructure. So the water lines, the sewer lines, the electric meters, the roads, uh, any common areas. Uh, some of our communities, we have a clubhouse, we have a pool, uh, you know, we've got some type of um, office building of a sort, and so every community is a little different. Some have more amenities than others, and, and some have more responsibilities than others as far as the infrastructure. For example, there's a few communities that we own where um, the roads just happen to be county-owned roads, uh, even though it is a privately-owned community, and so, you know, the, the, the county, if we get a pothole, the county will come and fix it, whereas in other communities, it's our responsibility. We own the road itself. So, but most of the time, that is our, our responsibility to oversee all that infrastructure.
1: Now, here's the good part about the infrastructure. So, from my point of view, <laughs> of course, from a tax point of view, that infrastructure is proper, is equipment. And so, mm-hmm. what we're finding is with this new tax law that, with a, in a mobile home park, we're actually finding up to 80% of the um, purchase price of a mobile home park. Is being of the you know the depreciable value, not the land itself, but the depreciable value. About 80% is going to be subject to bonus depreciation, so that's an enormous amount of depreciation in the first year.
0: It's a beautiful thing, Tom. We love it.
1: <laughs> so you know when when I look at when I look at, you know, return on investment. Of course, we we want to focus first of all on cash flow. We always focus first on cash flow, folks. We never hmm. focus on. Capital gains or tax benefits, okay? there's um, Number two is tax benefits typically, and number three is capital gains. So those are kind of bonuses. But in this case, it's a huge bonus when you consider that, you know, that much depreciation. So you've done a few cost segregations lately, um, I'm aware of. Kevin, can you give us some kind of a proportion as to what you're seeing from a uh, purchase price of the mobile home park compared to the bonus depreciation the first year?
0: Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's somewhere in that sixty-five to eighty percent range that you had alluded to. Is we where we ended up. It's a little different in some of the communities, but uh, that that's right in that range.
1: So if you if if you bought a mobile home park. What is a typical mobile home park? I know they vary, but give me an average, what would be a purchase price for a mobile home park? Probably
0: about 3 or, about three or $4 million is uh, kind of our average strike price.
1: So if you had a $3 million mobile home park, you're t- literally talking about a $2 million plus depreciation deduction?
0: That's correct.
1: So w- what, what we're talking about is, I mean, consider a $2 million depreciation deduction. You know, if you talk about your investors, and investors typically are going to be in a 40% tax bracket, then on, on $2 million, which I presume you're able to leverage this, right? I mean, you can get bank financing on a mobile home park?
0: That's, that's correct, yeah. I mean, we're, our leverage points on average are between like 68 and 75%, depending on the park.
1: So, so, at, at, so you put 30% down, and you get depreciation far more than your investment in the very first <laughs> sure. year. And, and, and when you consider that and you consider, okay, so on a $2 million, you're getting, if you're getting 40%, that's $800,000 return. And on that $3 million, okay, so on that $3 million, let's just look at the numbers a little bit, cause I'm an accountant. I have to look at numbers. So on $3 million, you've put down, if you put down 30% of $3 million, you put down $900,000 and got a $2 million depreciation deduction. That's like more than double. Your investment as a depreciation deduction. I don't, frankly, I just I don't know anywhere else you could get that. And I don't mean this to be an advertisement for mobile home parks. But when, uh, when our mutual friend who does the cost segregations talking about the uh, amazing cost segregation of uh, the, what's going on with the bonus depreciation, I'm just going, oh my heavens, that's like that blows uh, multifamily and commercial out of the water from a pure tax standpoint.
0: I mean, we, were, we had certain expectations, but surely uh, uh, they, were, they were actually blown away as well. So um, it, it was a space that we are incredibly excited about prior to, and one that uh, we're even more excited about now because of that.
1: That's fantastic, Kevin. Um, thank you so much. So what do you, uh, is there anything, like, give us a couple of recommendations. If, if people are looking at mobile homes as an investment, and, and they were looking at not just getting into it, but really being serious about it, what would you want? you know, what would you say, okay, you need to look at this, you need to look at this, and maybe this is one thing you could do to, you know, take a mobile home park and make it even better?
0: Sure, sure. You know, as far as, you know, getting into this space, I mean, obviously, educate yourself, you know, you know determine if you want to be an active or a passive investor. There's lots of different uh, educational resources out there. Uh, we have a dedicated podcast uh, that we've been doing for about three years now on mobile home parks. That's all we talk about there. We've got about 120 or so episodes. So it's free. Go listen to that. Um, go read as many you know uh, you know uh, posts online that you can about the spaces. Multiple different forums on Facebook and LinkedIn for mobile home park investing. As far as like you know you know kind of the, the upside, how to add value. I think that was you know, that was part of the question is how to get in. Right. And, you know, uh, add value to to these communities. There's a couple different ways we look at it. There's kind of like the the low hanging fruit, the mid hanging fruit, and then the high hanging fruit. Um, the low hanging fruit would be you know things such as uh uh you know below market rents, you know, something where we can go in and, and, and bring rents up to market um you know fairly quickly, right? That's that's very low, easy hanging fruit. Um another low piece of low hanging fruit would be very commonly when these communities were built 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, water and sewer just wasn't a very significant expense. And so a lot of times it was just included in the lot rent. It was, you know, the park owner took you know, took the brunt of that bill, paid it all. And, you know, the, the residents got free water and sewer as part of their rent. You know, now, nowadays what we'll do is we'll go and put submeters in. We want to control that expense. And so a lot of times we go into a community that's got a $100,000 annual water and sewer bill. And we proportionally, you know, we submeter and proportionally bill back to residents for that use. Number one, it, it eliminates, we normally end up saving about 30 to 35% because it just eliminates the abuse that's happening, the waste. And number two, that, that savings goes directly to our bottom line. It's a very inexpensive um, improvement to make and one that literally pays itself back typically typically in a year uh, or sometimes even less than that. And it goes directly to our bottom line. So that's low-hanging fruit. Middle-hanging fruit, Tom, would be that of like an operational turnaround. You know, if the community just hasn't been run right, you know, they've got the wrong element in there, the wrong type of demographic, uh, haven't been doing background checks, haven't been, you know, keeping up with the community as far as maintenance, you know, the roads are in rough shape, things like that. We'll go in and, and do some major CapEx improvements and we'll try to turn any of the resident base that is you know, what we deem to be unsavory and not a good fit. And then they, you know high-hanging fruit for us is kind of like the, the last value-add component would be. It's very common we'll buy a community. Let's say it's got 100 lots, but only 70, 70 of those lots actually have physical mobile homes on them. There's 30 empty lots that have infrastructure there, but there's no mobile home. And so what we'll do for that high-hanging fruit is we'll go – Um, purchase brand new homes, bring them into the community, and essentially create a uh, sales program uh, to sell those homes to new residents that want to live inside that community. And So that's capital intensive to do, uh, a lot more labor intensive. However, um, it is a a very, very achievable value-add strategy. But it's it's kind of what we consider and classify to be the high-hanging fruit. It takes the most effort, um, you know, slowest to actually uh, see a reward from it. Um, and, uh, but it's still a big part of our strategy. Uh,
1: that, those are awesome recommendations. Thank you so much, Kevin. So Kevin, uh, tell us how to get a hold of you.
0: Yeah. uh, You can find me either on my website at kevinbuff.com. You can also listen to my, uh, one of my podcasts. I I host the episodes up there. Um, as far as, uh, uh, what we're doing in the mobile home park space and name of our company Sunrise Capital Investors, you can, um, track me down on that website, sunrisecapitalinvestors.com. One of those two ways, uh, I will not be hard to find.
1: Well, that's awesome. Because I know that um, a lot of our listeners, I mean, some of them want to get into, you know, might want to do home home parks themselves. But I know a lot of our listeners are credit investors. And they're, Mm -hmm. you know, they're more looking at, you know, how do I, you know, increase the cash flow uh, into my portfolio, because while um, and, and the tax benefits, because while, you know, multifamilies, you know, again, they're, they're struggling a little bit because of all of the interest from the, you know, the big um, private equity. It sounds like uh, sounds like mobile home parks. They're catching up there too, and so, <laughs> you know, real estate. That's the challenge. You know, real estate. I, I, bl- frankly, I blame it all. On my buddy Robert Kiyosaki. He and he and uh, Robert Allen started this thing years and years ago, and uh, uh, you know, people actually you know, understanding real estate other than the, you know, the casual investor. And now it seems to have blown up. So uh, it's still, it's still, when you consider the leverage you get and the tax benefits, it's still an amazing opportunity. And again, what I love about mobile homes, you're leasing the land and that's primarily what you're doing. So not a lot of maintenance, not a lot of upkeep, primarily leasing, uh, leasing land space and getting bonus depreciation for doing it. And so that's, Seems, seems like seems like a pretty sexy part of the portfolio. And uh, th- uh, thank you again, Kevin, so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it and appreciate your expertise.
0: Oh, thank you for having me, Tom. It's been a lot of fun.
1: So uh, just remember, when you focus on cash flow and at the same time you get tax benefits using leverage, you're always going to make way more money and pay way less tax we'll see you next time hey thanks so much for listening today as an additional thank you I want to give a special gift just to our podcast listeners to help you jumpstart your journey to building massive wealth tax-free this is a group of not just one but five of my top educational resources on this topic there are several amazing helpful PDF downloads and two training videos these resources are not available and we don't give them away anywhere else so Get these bonuses now. All you have to do is go to wealthability.com slash gift. That's wealthability.com forward slash G-I-F-T. And get these gifts to jumpstart your wealth now.
0: You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.